This week, we are doing another Stephen King film. I think this is our third one this year. Adaptation, not his film. He didn't what was the first it. one? The Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, that was still this year. I think so. I think it was only like three months ago. <laughs> Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. That's not Stephen King. Oh, shit. I was thinking of uh, Flanagan. Um, I was like... Don't watch that oh. one. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. This is a based off the King novel, which is a sequel to his book The Shining. Yeah, I like to call this The Shining Chapter 2. <laughs> it's also yeah. even though it's a sequel to the book, the movie is also a sequel to the film version of The Shining, which differentiates from the book in the the, the quite the greatest, a lot. <laughs> well, yes, but in the greatest possible way is that the Overlook is still standing at the end of The Shining in the film. In the book, it is not, which allows for a potential visit to that space. In this film, there's other thematic things as well. I I have not read either of these books. Lauren has read both books, correct? Yeah. Yes. She's not claiming to be an expert on them, but she has some context there. And has anybody else read either of these books? Nope. Nope. John oh, yeah, both. And read, I guess. <laughs> both. I've never read these books. Both, I forgot how to read. This film is directed by Mike Flanagan as... Now that's ben Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> ...mentioned. He yep. is, I guess that was, he's most famous for that at this point. And but, Oculus and Hush. Yeah, he has been a very um, well-respected horror film director. And he... He made, a, is, he made a surprisingly different, uh, decent Ouija movie, too. Yeah. He, this is his biggest budget and biggest film to date and i thought he was really successful i am a huge fan of the shining uh kubrick is fantastic that movie's i find very unsettling and unnerving and (laughs) i think this film for a good two-thirds of its runtime is is both a fun little detective story and also is very unsettling when it wants to be. And, uh, yeah, I think Rebecca Ferguson is delightfully evil. McGregor's great as always in a more reserved role than he usually is. But I think he's a convincing Danny dealing with the trauma of his past. I would say I was, I was, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little, I'm teetering on four to four and a half stars on this movie. I think, 
the overt shining film homages at the end felt a little unnecessary but see i I actually enjoyed those and i didn't even like that movie (laughs) yeah i mean i think they do i think they do work though that's what i was gonna say i just it caught me off guard because the film did feel like it's very much its own thing yeah up until that point uh so yeah i am very thumbs up on this so that puts me two for two on enjoying the well, no, two for three on enjoying Stephen King adaptations that we've reviewed this year. Who wants to go next? Um, I'll just kind of agree with what you said. I think I'm sitting at a four star. Um, mm-hmm. I Like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of The Shining, the movie. It just didn't. In all fairness, that was when I was getting migraines early on and wasn't medicated for them yet. So who knows? Maybe if I watched it with <laughs> now that I don't have migraines all the time, I could enjoy it more. But um, I don't have fond memories of it, but I did enjoy the book. And I don't know, this movie, I like to call this, in addition to The Shining Chapter 2, I like to call it Stephen King's Monsters, Inc. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, like, it's such a weird concept to follow the just ghost story of The Shining. But once you get past that there are like vampire-like creatures in this world, I really enjoyed it. And I thought all the actors Yeah, it seems did like a really, really cool a well, really cool expansion of this world. Yeah, like, and you know yeah. how a lot of people say that it's basically an extended universe where all of his stories kind of take place in the same world, mm-hmm. I think. So you maybe just come at it from that angle and it's not so weird, but Mm-hmm. I liked a lot of the homages that I remember, but it definitely stands out on its own to me. And I thought, um, what's her name? The girl who plays Abra, um, Kylie Curran, or how I don't know how you pronounce it, but I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, she was a solid central character to go with you and McGregor. Yeah, I think the writing of her is a little like is she's is she a little too confident? And, but I, I appreciate it. She gets some, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she gets her comeuppance a couple times, so it, I guess they yeah. evened it out. But um, yeah. Like, there's one line reading she has just later on in the movie that I loved wholeheartedly because just it, uh, when you consider how Dan as a child um, reacted to the same same thing, I don't want to really talk mm-hmm. about it yet, but it was just, it was fun to see the different character beats for those mm-hmm. two as children. So, yeah. I enjoyed it. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the lowest of so f- to go so far. I'd give it like three and a half out of five. Three and a half stars. I mean, it's, that's still decent. Yeah, like I enjoyed... I think I'm in line with Zach where two-thirds of it is fantastic, but then there's like this the one-third that's not. Um, and I think... For me, I was talking to my brother about it, and my my th- is it the latter third? Yes. Okay. And it's like it's two thirds, like two thirds of a great, borderline fantastic horror film, and then one third of some guy sitting next to you, like poking you with his elbow, being like, "Remember how cool The Shining was? Do you remember that movie? We want you to remember how cool that was." And it just it, like uh, it yeah. felt. I know Zach said it I'll came say on it's a, a weird thing strong, without but... going into detail. Sorry, yeah. I talked way over you. I was just going to say, it was just interesting. We could talk more about it later, but it kind of course corrects The Shining, the film, and brings it back to the book in a certain way. 
So it's like, I kind of understand why he did it, the director did, or the writer, whoever was responsible for it. Did he write and direct? Or he did, ev- he did everything. Oh. I think he adapted it. Oh, yeah, he did do the yeah. screenplay. So, he edited it as So, well. yeah, I think there was reasons for it, but I, I definitely have complaints with ending, too. But sorry for talking over you. Go on. Um, I think, what was her name? Rosie? Or was it Rose? Rose yeah, the hat. She, she was great. That's Rebecca Ferguson. was fantastic. Did, I did like Kylie, Kylie Kieran. Shout out to Cliff. What is it? Cliff. I always forget his last name. Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Um, I really enjoyed him. And I think this movie, anytime it tried to tell its own story, I think it did a really, really great job. But then it just, it felt so weighed down by The Shining, which maybe, I thought The Shining was a decent movie. I don't think it's a great movie. So maybe that's part of it. Like I'm in the very small group of people who doesn't, you know, hold. It's okay. You're there with me. Yeah, it's just, you know, warmed. Well, I mean, I think it's a masterpiece, and I feel the same way about the way they tried to implement The Shining. So I think that speaks to how it might have been better off just being its own thing. Right, yeah. And I think I think it sounds like King's book didn't have to be, it didn't have to be as tied to what was happening in that, based on my Wikipedia hunting. It, it didn't have to do that as much. It does a little bit from what I read but it, it doesn't have to it's not recreating shots the way flanagan and he granted he does it beautifully like the the staircase sequence and the the recreation of the the, the axe and the door that you, you get a flash of like it looks like i had myself doubting if it was archival footage or new footage and from what I remember correctly, at least in the first trailer, uh, Flanagan said everything in the first trailer, which is a lot of that stuff, is like like reshot footage. There's only one one thing he couldn't redo. The blood? Yeah. Okay, that was one I was wondering about. They do it from a different angle, it, though. Did it didn't seem that? as straight. Okay. Maybe I'm the only one who would notice that. Yeah, but... I haven't seen it in a long <laughs> um, time, so. Yeah. <laughs> Although, of all the things part of The Shining, that's probably the thing I've seen the most. <laughs> what was it? What was, um, no, what was the video game movie? The, uh, shit, the one that did that. Ready Re- yeah, oh, Ready yeah, Ready Player One. Player one. <laughs> John. I, so, I'm actually, I'm so distracted because I feel like I want to hear from you guys about how The Shining movie was different than the book. But I can read up on that later, I guess. And so it was interesting to read that the director had to balance the influence of The Shining, the novel, and then the influence of the movie, the novel, or The the Shining, the movie, excuse me, and then also Dr. Sleep, the novel, and tried to, like, almost, Lauren, you alluded to it, kind of combine them all so that they will, so that his movie was faithful to the original series and adaptations simultaneously but i think it was beautifully shot kind of like you said like it's it's interesting because i feel like when it comes to like like you were saying zach that discomfortable or uncomfortable horror like tones where you've got this creepy music in the background and everything seems normal and ordinary but then there's a sense of foreboding were those scores pulled from the original or just based on there was there are they similar at all music that yes there was definitely cues from the original movie sprinkled throughout so like the shining i feel like has i feel and maybe kubrick as a whole too i've never seen 2001 a space odyssey so i couldn't speak to that but i feel like 
The Shining has paved the way for that type of horror film. And I think this film is very much in line with that, but it's also its own thing. At times it feels like almost like a supernatural, just thriller, like almost like a superhero film sort of. Yeah. It's a detective story. It's like, it's like a detective no, for sure. story. I, that's the vibe um, I and, but it's still, but then at the same time, it's a poignant commentary on trauma and how do you deal with trauma and what, what's the way back from, um, significant debilitating events that people have in their childhood and then from the point of view of danny how does he how does he mentor or guide someone that he sees himself in potentially to avoid the path that he took and so uh, it, yeah it com- it combines all these various aspects of genres and then it's also just i think very well written in how it balances showing you the perspectives of not only Danny and Abra, but also Rebecca Ferguson's character, um, Rose, who, like, yeah, she's clearly a villain, but there are times when you do kind of feel sympathetic towards, like, the way she feels about her community and that kind of thing. Yeah, I was interested with her character because, like, she had this thing. It was like she didn't want to be replaced by Abra almost. Yeah. There's an interesting thing that they didn't quite explore with her character, but I appreciated that it was there. Or like this, or like this idea that like no, in order for our community to survive, a person like this can't. There's too much power; they can't even exist. Period. Like, if anything, their power, their steam, should sustain the community, but not, and not go on. It's it's almost like I picked up on like slight notes of like this is their like duty now to also kind of like balance the uh, the, the scales, scales. Uh, pull a Thanos, if you will. Speaking of oh, speaking of dusting, the I mean I guess I don't want to go into it, but the I thought the dusting stuff they did without saying spoilers yet I guess I just thought those were done really well, just like the fate or yes. the fatal nature of the immortality when they have the quote guys, unquote yes. immortality in yeah. this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the way that was done was really. Did I well ever done. tell you that you were going to be immortal? Yeah, it's not immortality. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree, and they, they also did a great job of varying it. As it went along, mm-hmm. like there's, there's essentially four sequences that involve something like that, and each one looks a little different, and they find one new wrinkle to make it new and interesting, and I really appreciated that. John, I cut you off. Oh, I just also want to reiterate my, uh, my love for Rebecca Ferguson. This entire time <laughs> I was watching this movie, I was, I was like, this person looks so familiar, but I have no <laughs> idea. I get like, I get like, I couldn't think of her name at all. What was the last thing she was in? Was uh, it Mission Miss- Impossible? Is one of the was last it Mission Impossible? Okay. Well, one of the last so things we did anyway. She was she was in Greatest Showman and probably things after that as well. But um, Mission Impossible um, came after Greatest Showman, didn't? Oh no, I'm just she was, few she was in Men in Black International. Oh, that's right. She was in the kid who would. She was the bad guy and the kid who would be king, and then this. Yeah, and with Doctor the kid who be would be king. Wasn't that a great movie, Zach? No. Speaking of kids who will be king <laughs> in the acting world, I just want to point out, going into this movie, I was like, why on earth is Jacob Jacob Tremblay in this movie? Because it's like I don't think that's a big role he's taking. It. And watching it, it's like, oh, that's why they cast him. It's like it, it, it was a like a really good performance in a very messed up and yeah, painful. That was scene. probably the most disturbing. <laughs> yeah, scene for sure. And I've seen in a movie, definitely in this movie. And that I've seen in a movie this year, I think. I think more yeah. kids died in this movie than it. <laughs> I, 
I really want to. Oh, and then also the Violet at the very beginning, she was in the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Yep. I was like, she looked familiar. I think he brought like, back oh, a lot of people that were were people that. Yeah, I do appreciate that. It seems like he likes to bring back people he works with. Well, I know you guys, like, uh, you guys also know Bruce he brought Davidson back too, uh, the actor who played Danny in the original Shining. Oh, who was he? He was um, the baseball player's father in the stands. Mm. and that's his first acting role since the shining oh that's very <laughs> cool well i mean assuming he didn't want to act again nope but he did cool not he was yeah. brought back <laughs> i yeah i would say from the baseball boy sequence tell the overlook look i think that part of the movie which is a good chunk of the I, movie yeah, yeah it's what was it, two and a half really hours? really Stellar. great it's probably closer yeah. to like 45 it, minutes no i i would say it's over an hour it, it, I, I oh think no i just like meant the full runtime of the movie the movie is two and a half hours yeah i would say yeah i would say it's somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour of the movie i think another yeah. thing one of my complaints that isn't a real complaint is just like i wish we had gotten to explore the group of um, rebecca ferguson's group yeah. a little bit more because some like we know at least three of them have powers but i don't know why the rest of them are there they're just kind of like scene filler <laughs> It's like, I yeah, wish I mean, we had gotten I mean, to see yes. more of them. Like, yeah. just Does the, the book whole dynamic. play that out more? I don't remember. I'm assuming they are, though, because they all have names, like, yeah. very specific names on the IMDb page that I would imagine they maybe are a little bit more explained in Stephen King's mm-hmm. books. I mean, all his books are, like, a billion pages long, so they probably <laughs> mm-hmm. have big chunks themselves. Who knows? To me, it was like, I thought they were, like, low-level shiners or something, or low-level yeah, whatever. Assumed, but it was just, like, I wanted to know why they were... Why they were important enough to be made "quote unquote" immortal? Like, yeah, it no, feels I, like I, a community I, I totally... where everyone needs to pull their weight. So, yeah, Amy also said that the book was much more prolonged and explicit in Danny's drunken escapades. Not, not basically. We got one scene of that, and then he was yeah, on the road to recovery. Yeah, he did flip the switch very quickly. But in all fairness, mm-hmm. he had a very good reason to finally flip the switch. Yes. So, I think, I think. And McGregor sells. I think the movie sells. Like I can totally see how they rushed it compared to the movie and or the book. But Amy also said it was miserable reading that part of the book. Like it, it was so upsetting. Yeah, just how I would imagine so. He was treating himself. Like especially because just, I remember how miserable it was reading Jack Torrance. And since this mm-hmm. is like Danny's version of Jack Torrance, it probably was yeah. miserable reading Doctor Sleep in that section. So it's probably for the best that I forgot it. Who knows? She also thought that there was a. She implied there was a lot more of the Doctor Sleep stuff in the movie, or in the book. But I thought the film gave us two sequences centered around why he got the name Doctor Sleep. Yeah, and I thought they were both. I thought that excellent was and emotional. Yeah. I mean, the cat yeah, was yeah. adorable. The that cat, cat should have been Dr. Sleep. If you the cat, guys, the, the, the cat snuff out death. It's the most the, morbid the, feline on the face of the planet. I mean, that's what? a real thing, though. There are, like, so many stories about cats. Unless I just completely conflated everything and, like, it was this story. But I'm pretty sure I've read stories where, like, actual nursing homes and whatnot have cats and they will sense it. When it's coming, when death is. That would not surprise me. Yeah, because cats want to eat the dead body. <laughs> uh, still so, I mean, I like... laugh because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I. It sounds like we all think Dr. Sleep is worth your time, if mm-hmm. you're, especially if you're interested. I, I don't know. Where did you fall, John? Like, you I liked it, but you just wish you knew more. 
to appreciate well, no, it. No, no, well, like, no, that's just that's all tangential. As like, yeah. it was a really good movie. I like, I re- I'm surprised it didn't do so well, too well, and I'm surprised it's getting like mediocre reviews. I, like, I think it was also beautifully shot too. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some scenes where it's just like the color palette here is just like, it, I don't know, it's so pleasant and just so like nice like there isn't super saturation or anything like that i don't know it's just i thought it was a very good movie it might make my end of the year list nice okay um they'll probably make lawrence too i don't know the last time you gave anything four stars um it lasting toy story uh, of recent yeah that's true probably recently it'd probably be something like that i don't know Uh, um so go see dr sleep and from here out, there's going to be spoilers for The Shining, the book, The Shining, Dr. Sleep, the book, and Dr. Sleep, the movie. Um, yeah. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. So let's just get the, let's use some Wikipedia All right, here. Hold on. I got to say. So, Yes. One of the best scenes I've seen in any movie this year is when Rose breaks into Abra's room and then gets her hand mm-hmm. caught in the filing cabinet and it just flips the script. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I, yeah. the monster becomes like this scared victim running from a bigger monster. That's so cool. I enjoyed that so much, but the whole scene, I was like, why does she have a purple wig on? Why is Abra's, why are her eyes gone? What is happening? <laughs> I think the purple wig, because they showed that one figurine next to her. Oh, uh, oh that her weird bed. shot from earlier. That's right. Subcon- yeah, it's like and I think it, was, I, it looked like some sort of anime or manga character. And it looked That's like true. she I was almost right. personifying the thing that she found the most heroic to try to. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. Also, again like a great scene for us to be like feel triumphant for one of the main protagonists but also like a scene that was like ferguson pulled it off so well in terms of Mm -hmm. creating emotion and making you like feel at times like oh my gosh he's getting like demolished right now and not in a way that's actually like making me happy in a way that's kind of like oh this is kind of brutal which is kind of why later that is kind of jumping but it's kind of like you see a scene like that and then the finale gets a little disappointing yeah because it's like i i like the setup it was a lot of table dressing or table setting and then the meal was very short <laughs> but it's like i wish maybe there had been more of abra involved in that yeah. final confrontation although i did appreciate their use of the overlook and the shining spoiler we'll get to or what you said is that at the end of that book the shining blows up so, uh, um, yeah. the shining so it blows seems up, like or the shining, the overlook. the overlook blows up, and that's so, the end of the in so, the end of the shining book. The overlook blows up, yes. The boiler, it's as if the up. real lesson we all learned was shine, which is why I said that they kind of course corrected with the ending of this because I'm pretty sure Dr. Sleep, the book, Danny lives at the end, he does, but so like it was kind of like they did the shining ending in this movie, basically. They did. That's you're essentially. Yeah. So I think I think King does not like the Shining film because it corrupted the character of Jack, who I think it seems he always viewed as a good person. Oof. Who, who turned hot take? Well, <laughs> well, well, like he he was a redeemable person, and 
I think and the film Kubrick basically paints Jack as a bad person who the shy, the the overlook just brought out the absolute worst in him mm-hmm. where and as did the alcohol so like the the wikipedia says the Zach the, you do know you can't always blame it on the alcohol oh my god the book it says Ben that was a reference sleep, to a song by Kanye West oh the doctor sleep and the more the more you know J- the Jack the more Torrance. you know like the the finale of Doctor Sleep takes place at the old site of the Overlook. So it, the the premise of taking Danny, Danny takes the fight to the presence of that exists in the Overlook, in the same way that this movie does. But then this movie basically takes like I'm reading the entry here, and it's like Danny accuses stands his ground against Jack. And claims that he's wearing, he's actually the the demon inside the Overlook wearing a face, just like they Abra accuses Danny in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Jack is like fluctuating in between being in control of his body and not in control of his body. And then the entity goes running to the boiler room to try to stop it once he finds out that it's gonna blow. And so you can really see how. Flanagan kind of redid the ending to Dr. Sleep to just do the ending that original Shining book did. So it actually makes me appreciate it a little bit more, I think. Well, like, as much as I say I like the book more about The Shining, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we had the Overlook back for this one. Because I love when they arrive there and he's just like, I have to go wake it up. It's just such a great line for this thing and like just walking around. And I know you guys said that you didn't necessarily like all the homages, but I really love just seeing him walk the halls and have all the lights turn on and... It it's a- not that I didn't it not that I didn't like it. It just like I was saying, it felt like it was becoming it was its own thing and then yeah. it wasn't. And then that was more the because I think it is well done. And like I was like, all right, when are we gonna get the shot where he swings the axe and the camera moves with him in that weird way that it does in the scene and they do it when he tries when he hits Rose with the axe. They they do that weird shot like I my nerd ass brain is looking waiting for that shot and I was like oh there it is and God, like things like that and then asses. if you I don't if you we and if the the stairway way sequence is shot identically to Jack walking up the stairs I, yeah, to go after I noticed Wendy that that like actually that. was really cool yeah um yeah. but I think I think it's just it does I think in the first two thirds it does have like callbacks to The Shining. But they're spread out enough yeah. that it doesn't like feel it doesn't feel like claustrophobic. Like there's so much going on. It's almost like there's two movies in the finale. And I just mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that that confusion of is this the shining? Is it a different movie? I, I mean it is. I did though. like it, how it, they it played the maze as well. Mm-hmm. I I called the uh, I did call how they were gonna defeat Rose once I saw he had more than one of those boxes. Oh yeah, it so, had to yeah, but that, yeah. I, I didn't mind that though. I yeah. mean, I was just was waiting for it cool. to happen. Yeah. Like I was, it's like, and they're yeah. starving. Yeah, it's like, wake up like faster, that. ghosts. Yeah. Um, I like how one of them slipped their hand underneath her skin. The the best line in the movie was, "They're not special. They're starving." And then no. all of the boxes. <laughs> the best line in the movie is for the boxes are what's in those. <laughs> like yeah. you can't say what's in the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, actually, the best line in the movie was when Abra's dad looked over at Billy and Danny and offered, like, poured some scotch, offered it to them, then poured some more scotch <laughs> for himself. Oh, the best line in the movie was when Abra looked over at the naked bath lady and just said, try it. <laughs> it's like, see, I appreciated her confidence. And I love, I she like did that such a good job. In the- where she goes back in and closes the door behind her, like, the exact same way as Danny did. But doesn't that imply you can't kill these things? Well, I mean, it implies that, no, it implies you can trap them, and Danny let them all out, so she has to just yeah, catch I them all again. So. Gotta catch it's like a new Pokemon game, yeah. <laughs> now, my biggest problem, and I didn't want to go into this until we got into spoilers, was the sequence... Pokemon Shine! Sorry, I just came up with it. Sorry. <laughs> When they all is that the <laughs> is that the like companion one to Pokemon Diamond? No. Uh, when <laughs> God damn it! Uh, what you didn't let me say my thing earlier, so I'm gonna make fun of your time now. <laughs> I thought I, what what thing were you trying to say? I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying when we were talking about when I mentioned Abra's best line, I just wanted to say that again. One of the things I appreciated about her confidence is like. Like, I just liked seeing the act. I mean, I will say there were kind of two versions of that actress's performance where she was a little more subdued and then she got more confident. And I appreciated that. But mm-hmm. I love the scene. She did. Su- the actress did such a great job when she was playing Danny in the van. Mm-hmm. I thought I she been did hung so over in a, bu- great in a bunch in of years. <laughs> it, was, it was just such a great scene. And then she made the van just crash. It was such a good scene. With the stuff, but, the stuff before that, I was just so I I. The whole, like, when they, they go down there to find the, the fake Abra, mm-hmm. and, like, they all get just ghosted by, like, Danny, say... by Danny and his friend. And then it's Billy. like, yeah, and then Crowman just shows up in his house. It's like, so. It was a you... great beat, but I don't understand why they split up. Like, I need more. Yeah, like, like why would just you. Just the logistics of it is, like, it makes sense for the story to be good, but it doesn't make sense when you think it does, about yeah, it. Yeah, because it's like, why would. It's like, okay, we know it's a trap, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to send our entire coven to get slaughtered, <laughs> and then I'll catch the girl, right? Cool, let's go. <laughs> like, how can, how can you sense something that doesn't exist? Because they, so they were projecting to them. Yeah, I got the <laughs> vibe that they were they were they were projecting because she was able to get into the car with them. She was projecting like through the car. I don't whatever, know that connection. Like I I like the scene, so I'm not going to think about yeah. it too much. But it does bother me. <laughs> I think Crow Daddy. That's a really terrible name. Or yeah. a really great name. I mean, okay, he, Apron Annie, is that any better? I, I think <laughs> Snakebite Andy. Also, side note, did anyone think that Snakebite Andy or the actress that played her looked a lot like Nora Zetner from Brick? No. Or, they, or what else that. was she in? She, she, Everwood. She's the, girl, the only thing I know about this actress, she was in The Babysitter. That's all I know her from. The thing about the crow what? daddy that was, was that was the little girl. In yep, the it was that girl. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, and she's casting the babysitter too. I I think they should have implied that crow daddy was okay with everybody else dying. I, I I think he as long as he could be with Rose the hat, he would have been okay. Yeah, and like he does seem a little bit upset, but I don't know. That could have been one way to play that scene a little bit better. Is that he knowingly sacrificed? everybody's so they could get her and i guess you could also have had a wrinkle where 
he could have maybe over taken out Rose potentially. That could have been an interesting wrinkle. But I again, I'm I'm happy they didn't do that because I didn't want to lose that scene that you're referring to where he dies. So yeah, the guy who played uh, Dick Holleran was looked so much like. That's another thing. He didn't die in The Shining, Scatman. but he does in the movie, he does, doesn't you're he? You're correct. He does in the movie. He gets axed really good in the movie. <laughs> um, I don't. But I think this movie does a decent job of, I think they did a good job of making up for that by just implying, because it gave them their new ending too, Mm -hmm. when having Danny being able to still talk to Abra even after he died. Um, I also thought the first Abra scene was great too. Where the little party. girl was like Abra Cadabra. Oh yeah, all like, the spoons. Uh, <laughs> that was a great delivery line. Finally, delivery to her buy parents that girl. naming her Abra started to make sense. <laughs> yeah, it paid <laughs> off. <laughs> they knew all along. Her shine was so maybe no, I guess you guys don't watch the flash. Never mind. It's like maybe her mom was shining because the baby was in her, and that's how she knew to call her Abra. Because magic. I love how upset the actual magician who was there stopped just pooping on all of my things. (laughs) Like, I just love that the magician was like, okay, kid, when she kept trying to, like, integrate herself into the story or, like, his act. Yeah. He was, like, not enjoying the fact that she was stealing his thunder. Sorry, before I forget, how did we feel about Jack and was it Wendy? Wendy Torrance? Mm Mm-hmm. What about her? Was it like the fact that they what were in them? the movie? Like, oh, well, I, it just confused me cool. so much because when we saw the guy behind the bar, I was like, I don't know how to read this scene. Like, who's not playing it correctly? Well, like, I, is that supposed to be his dad? Right? Like, well, I, I didn't was, get that till like two thirds through that scene. I was like, oh, okay, he is Jack. He calls him dad before they I know, show him. No, but it was super weird. <laughs> like, I was like, well, is in he- the in the in the movie, the the guy. The old character—it's it's the bar. The actor behind the bar in the old movie is guy who was the old caretaker, yeah. but he is confusing himself to be someone else as well. Yeah, well, so that's just, where that comes. I didn't from. know how to read it because I s- assumed he was just talking to this being who, like, he knows his dad is in the Overlook now. So it's like mm-hmm. just a catch-all person standing there who's like mm-hmm. just fused together with all the people. But it's like, I just personally, I didn't know if we were supposed to be like, is this guy supposed to look like Jack? As in, is it actually supposed to be someone who looks like Jack Nicholson, but they didn't want to do like the face swap thing. Yeah. Cause yeah. he doesn't look think... very much like Jack Nicholson. Like I think the actress they got for Wendy, she looked a lot like Shelley Duvall. The, the, can I go Sorry. back to that yeah, scene yeah, yeah. though? Cause yeah, I really liked that scene because I thought it was really interesting how Danny was making excuses for his dad mm-hmm. at the time jump when he got his eight month eight year coin, and uh, I think that was also interesting way of Flanagan now knowing how the books ended and how Flanagan kept the Nicholson portrayal, the the Nicholson Kubrick through line for Jack as just being this asshole who hated his kid, hated his wife, was a drunk and deserved to die and was able to reconcile that and having Danny, I think McGregor did a good job of, I don't know if he, I didn't buy him when he was saying that he, his dad was actually a good guy. And then, I mean, in all fairness, I, I he only knew his dad till like age five or something. That's true. But I, I appreciated them going to the lengths of, allowing because i think by the end it is jack talking to him yeah and that 
he he exposed himself for being as terrible as he was in the movie version. I mean, he's uh, also it, horrible in the book. Like that's, that's why I was that's when you commented like. that he was like more forgivable in the book. It's like I didn't really like. I just recently reread it or I listened to it this time. Yeah. It's like I didn't remember just how awful of a person he was. It's like I don't feel he's as redeemable anymore the second time around. Well, it it just implies at the end that Jack was still trying to save Danny yeah. against the Overlook at the end, where I don't think the film version has any illusions that Jack cares about his family in any way, shape, yeah. or form. And I did find it a little weird when he got down to the boiler room that it was his mom there. Because, like, it's just weird. Well, first of all, you have to be like, well, who gets to be anywhere? How do hauntings work? Mm-hmm. But, like, in the book, <laughs> in, the, in the book, In the it movie, was... she was, she's the one who actually took care of the boiler room. Uh, just, I don't know if that had anything to do oh, with it. Oh, weird. But you're saying what happens I didn't in the remember book. that at all, so that makes more sense then. But just, like, in the book... I, the one thing I remember about the book pretty much is that after like they defeat Rose or whatever, Jack is there as like his ghost form or whatever, just like, mm-hmm. you know, waves goodbye or something. It's like that yeah, was such a weird I, moment yeah. in the book that I was like, that's definitely one of the things that sticks with me is something I didn't like about it. Oh, and one thing about the book that I'm glad they didn't keep in. Of Dr. Sleep, you mean? Yes, of Dr. Sleep, Sleep is yeah. that Abra yes. and Danny are actually related. Like Jack what? had an affair with someone. No, fuck like, that. I was... I know, I was reading the Wikipedia page and I was like, what? No wonder I forgot this. This is so This is stupid. like trying to make all the Force-sensitive people yeah, Skywalkers exactly. in Star Wars. Abra's, <laughs> Abra's mom and Danny are half-brother and sister. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't keep that in because that's definitely what you said. It's forcing, forcing also, everyone together. Speaking, but... I, I forgot to mention this earlier. It totally slipped my mind. But the guy playing Jack is the father in... The younger version of the father in The Haunting of Hill House. Huh. Yeah, so that's two Hill House alum that are in Doctor Sleep. Wait, well, is who it... does he play? Uh, so Jack Torrance, the actor who plays Jack Torrance in the the cameo in The Shining, is the 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 youngest version of the father in Haunting of Hill House. You mean oh, you the, mean that you guy mean... from E. T. Yeah, you mean the guy from E. T. that was recently <laughs> Henry Thomas got a DUI. Yes. Yeah, if ever you wanted so someone was... to play a drunkard, but that's the dude from E.T. So that was Henry Thomas as Jack Torrance. Like I did him. not. Was it really him? Yeah, I that's though that's what IMDb says. So huh. that's I interesting. Didn't know he was I was too preoccupied looking at his sideburns. So what? what? Yo, How we've did had you not this know that? We have before. talked about it because of me repeatedly hating it. I guess I spaced this out. That's good. What is it? We just learned that you don't like me. Well, I always. It's also funny that, like, as it's revealed that he is his father, actually, or he's like, he really he acknowledges that he is also his father. He starts to do his like Jack Nicholson impersonation, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. It's an interesting homage. It's like, why do this when you could just have Jack Nicholson do it? I don't know. What's his name? The guy who plays Elliot. I don't know his Henry Thomas. Yeah, his eyes are too like they're too blue, so they creep me out a little <laughs> bit. But maybe it's just because I see the truth behind him because he's an ET sympathizer. But Bruce Greenwood was he in House of Hill or was he just in the movie that he did the the last movie Flanagan did Gerald's Game? Was that him in Gerald's Game? Was Bruce Green was Bruce yeah Bruce Greenwood is Gerald in that movie. That scene too with him when the, he interviews him and he asks about his watch was like a painstakingly recreated shot and look of the 
the place where it's it's a room in the where overlook they're interviewing where Jack, Jack gets interviewed for, to yeah. take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that's the thing. It's like that those, felt more subtle those are, than the those ending. Those are like kind of subtle, unless you're really paying it. Like it's it, yeah, that stuff I can really appreciate. But then when it's like you have the the bath ghost, I'm gonna keep calling her that. She shows up like five times in this movie. It's like yeah, they really lean scared. on the bath. Yeah. Like the first if time you she thought shows you saw up, enough old naked lady in it chapter two. Wait till you see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're ever looking for a bunch of kids getting slaughtered and old naked women. We got two movies for you guys. <laughs> Are you allowed the, it, to shoot things like that together? Like children in the same room as a naked person? I don't know how they did that. I thought about that too. Um, but it pro- they it also went to painstaking. Like so it's like it's or technically like not. CGI yeah. you put them together. Well, yeah, so it's yeah. Like technically not a naked lady there. It's someone wearing prosthetics that looks like a naked lady. And that might be okay. I don't know the law. <laughs> I, don't I don't know the know. law behind it. <laughs> I mean, they're not really naked if they're wearing stuff on the outside, right? right? That's yeah, the that's, idea. see, man, I should be a lawyer. They, this 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 gives me a, a business opportunity <laughs> that I'm thinking of oh, a fake strip club. <laughs> they also went to paint. I think the the part that like broke the camel's back for me on like the shining references was how much effort they put into giving Danny the same limp. As like Jack has I mean, running yeah, around, did just the get whole his movie. leg destroyed. <laughs> well, I know, but like they purposefully they they did they just created that just so that he could have to limp around. Yeah, especially and, see, if you was, were just someone who doesn't like that movie, then you would appreciate this more because <laughs> it doesn't bother you. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, I know. I know. I know. And the other, the other, the moment for me where I was just like, uh, was. When Rose walks in and then she sees the bloody elevator and then just kind of yeah, like, that one I didn't it's like. just kind of like, huh, and then keeps going. It's just like, what the fuck was that for? Like, that didn't need to be here. Like, just that's where it's like, I could almost feel my ribs. I think ribs it was supposed poked. to imply hey. how much how, how powerful she is, you know, like that's but like that was terrifying yeah. to Danny as a kid. But like this grown person who's been around for millennia, potentially is like i feel like not phased by that. like i said with her just being destroyed so quickly i feel like if you're gonna do something like that you need to have a couple things that do that like integrate Mm -hmm. the just what happened in that world with her character then if she's seeing that it's like why is that the only thing she sees other than you just really want to put that shot in this movie right like she doesn't run into any of the other residents until you know they're let out or any other mm-hmm. any other evil mm-hmm. from the Overlook. Yeah, I think it's interesting how Danny kind of like wiped that place of evil, like, which made it interesting that why did he wait for Abra to go in? Yeah, like, he she knew didn't need he to had stay trapped in all the entities. But maybe he knew he might have to. No, he knew Jack. He knew his dad might be left, and he had to confront him first. That could be the case. Coming as well. up with excuses. You know, the whole, I mean, but the whole time she was outside, I couldn't remember if they were in the movie or not, but like in the book, there are hedge animals that come alive Mm -hmm. basically and stalk and terrorize the people in this world. Like they're real, just hedge animals. That didn't happen in the film, right? No. No. But that was like, but when he left her out in the car, I was like, oh no, what's going (laughs) to happen now? But then it's like, oh, nothing happened. Just one last thing about, well, I mean, not last thing because you guys might have more to say as well, but. Why did Danny feel that he had to die? Just because, like, 
was he just now basically tainted by the overlook like he could never escape it basically i don't think he had to die i think he was dead i, I think mean, it's like he couldn't he, got he wasn't gonna be able to get out in time kind of thing okay no but but, but i know no, he but was he dead fixed... at the end of the movie though well yes like, i know that we, but i'm just saying him he could have no no, fixed... no 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 what you're saying when he before I'm saying he went he, down... i'm saying he was dead when he attacked abra he was already dead Oh, I definitely don't see it that way. No, no, I see him being dead. No, they the ate. Thing no, the shining his. ate him. The, he was the still creatures. fighting. Yeah, like he was. He like had his enough... his eye unshadowed yeah. and then shadowed back up. And if he and then he had but enough I power. Think that and then was when he Danny's... when he sees his mom, everything. he's still alive. Yeah, I think the spirit of da- Danny's body was being moved around. The spirit of Danny is what came out for those two seconds. Okay, this is an unproductive conversation. But like, if, <laughs> I, we have to, no, if we have to delve Danny, into Danny the, and uh, Rose, the mechanics get, of get hotel killed. possession. Wait, is it his spirit? Uh, his Danny mind and or Rose soul? get killed. You no, know, like what's the Danny and Rose both get killed at the at bottom of those steps. Is the way I interpreted it. That only then, makes sense to me because his leg is no longer bleeding out. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but I still don't agree with you. Yeah, I'm with Lauren on and this then one. I interpret it as the, the 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 overlook took over his body, and then what we were seeing was whatever spirit Danny we see at the very end of the movie was just coming to try to help. Abra in that moment. He was, was able to overtake like it. it. No. I think it's, it's like the, the blowing up. It does bother me somewhat just because it's like it doesn't actually accomplish anything. Because like the spirits are still out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. But maybe the yeah, maybe those spirits, but maybe whatever the OG bad guy thing at the whatever like it the, is. Like the the, the bartender bad, is, the is definitely dead now. Is gone. Do we the, think that there will be a sequel to this movie? No. No, because it didn't make enough money. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, it's also not a <laughs> sequel book, right? No, but yeah, that doesn't but matter. He just wrote this one a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the it definitely leaves the world open for him to play. Yeah, in it there a lot are more. other vampires out there. And if we didn't shiners. get our Hansel and Gretel Vampire Hunter a sequel, I want this sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Is that worth um, watching? I would totally watch a sequel. I think it's good fun. It is so stupid, but I really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll put it. In <laughs> it's got good list. action and two You'll fun lead hate performances. It because we're who's the, oh, who's hey, the hey, girl? I, who's hey, the I love uh, Gemma Arterton. I love the human. No, the other the, there's like a girl bad guy, isn't there? Oh, um, Famke Jensen, I think. Oh yeah, and you know before you guys Famke before Jensen, you guys say I'm under, not gonna like it. One of my one of my like guilty pleasure movies. You from nailed it, Famke Years Jensen. ago is the Van Helsing. The Hugh Jackman. This Van is Helsing. true. <laughs> and this seems this seems pretty similar. I'm looking at this poster and this uh this is looking real, real good. <laughs> what did I give that movie? Did I never rate it officially? Two thirteen. Was Letterboxd around at that point? I don't think. I don't know. I definitely didn't I, know I about just, it. That's all I know. I didn't have a I didn't have a review on IMDb. You gave it four stars reviews. on uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> a oh, whole baby. lot of fun, very See? good action, creative oh, kills, baby. and everyone is all in on the premise. Even find some time to tug at your heartstrings. The script could have used a bit of polish, <laughs> and characters could have had a little more depth, but I'm not complaining. Oh, it was Witch Hunters, <laughs> not Vampire Hunters. Sorry about that. This is this Witch is, Hunters. This is definitely something I'm I'm going to go watch. <laughs> 
Yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, shit. When did it come out? 2013. That's a lot of time to pass. To wa- I need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, Lauren's going to hate it. And it's like, why did I recommend Probably. this to you? And I'm going to be like, it's so good. Four and a half stars. Oh, man. I remember it having... um. That link doesn't go into anything now. <laughs> it had a weird 3D conversion too on it because it came out like they post converted it when they didn't quite know how to post convert it yet. But I, I wonder if I, I wonder if that review has me appreciating the 3D in it as well. It has Peter Stormare in it, Ben. That's why you should go watch it. Well, I'm looking at like yeah, this cast is dope. and Derek Mears wasn't he the, the new Jason? I just want to point out really quick because we didn't actually mention it in that scene we both or that we all liked. Uh, we didn't talk Did about Jacob the Tremblay moment. getting murdered. Oh no! But when Billy gets murdered, when she just says "kill yourself" as she's dying and it happens, oh, yeah. it was such a great beat. Why? Well, and that was another <laughs> one. As soon as I like, she joined them, and it's like her powers to do that. I'm like, oh, she's gonna tell somebody to kill themselves. I'm just, <laughs> I see this coming a mile away. And then once it was just hit, it was once it was just Danny and him. I'm like, oh no. Goodbye, yeah, goodbye <laughs> Cliff. Oh. <laughs> I just love, also, I like to think, because we've never seen Danny have a gun or anything like that before, so I like to think he was just shooting but not actually hitting anything, and Billy was actually the one <laughs> killing, killing everyone. killing all of them. <laughs> it's like, yes. I got one! You sure did, Danny! <laughs> yeah. Good job, Danny. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we should talk about the The baseball boy scene was Horrifying. I, I cannot believe how violent that was with, and they didn't. It they was didn't, shot I mean, in a way there was that you a lot don't of blood, see a lot of it, but it's still very yeah. gruesome. Yeah, it's one of those like you the don't blood. see it all, but you can tell like yeah. what's going down. The like, sound you design also feel was yeah. brutal. Yeah. The sound like, design was yeah. Brutal. At one point, they go back to um, Jacob Tremblay, and G- he just has like blood splattering on him, his face, and it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was done very well. He was he, he was still go watch Good Boys. After well, he this. was still a lot better. I still need in, to watch Home. He was still a lot better in the or Predator, the Room. Room, so just not Home. There, definitely not the Room. Just Room. He was a lot better in the Predator. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh God, don't <laughs> he was, even. He was great. He was great in this movie for the five minutes he was in this movie. That's gonna do it for Doctor Sleep. Go watch and the it. Predator. We approve. Our next movie is going to be. 1999's Fight Club. Uh, oh, no. This is a John's pick for dec- uh, decades or a flashback, not decades best. Different podcast. Yeah, the um, one John and I never got invited onto. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I got I got invited happens. to do Winter Soldier one time, and it never materialized. Oh, so it's just me then? Okay. Ha, again, whistleblower. No, nope. still time. Nope, it's dead and gone. <laughs> fight club directed by david fincher loved by many including myself fight club used to have a spot in my top five for a number of years i don't think it's in my top five anymore yeah it stars brad pitt edward norton and helena bottom carter as well as what's that guy's name who's in mindhunter now um holt mcneary something like that he's good in this and jared leto oh jared leto yeah um angel face Brad Pitt's ads and butt. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. We'll be talking about toxic masculinity and how people misinterpreted this movie for the last 20 years. So, or like, not like uh, critics misinterpreted it, but however like you want to interpret it. Audiences, members misinterpreted it. 
yes, bro dudes misinterpreted it. Um, oh, I thought you society... were going to be pro bro dudes. No, 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 no pro bro dudes. <laughs> and then you after that, you can misinterpret something if you see something and you're like, "Oh, this is what this thing is about," and I need to like build my whole world perspective around it. Like Zach misinterpreting when, when Danny dies in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality the message was the opposite of that <laughs> it's true <laughs> i was telling what was the ben movie earlier... we saw recently that did that what there was like a, we saw oh joker yeah that oh that's right i was just i was telling ben earlier that i need to make a letterbox list of just like how do you explain this to the police that's the subject of it it's just like because i want to hear abra i need to see the scene where abra talks to the police and her mom about what happened i thought that was great how they handled it in the movie though she was just like i love you bye and just threw the phone out the window yeah she can afford it that house was really nice (laughs) uh fight club go watch that to be ready for our next episode and then after that we will be doing knives out the new Ryan Johnson movie, Woo! which will bring us to, I think he's the only director we reviewed their entire filmography of because we did uh, a um, three films yep, in for Rick him. Rick Looper, and then and also Wars, did Star yep. Wars: Last Jedi. Are we gonna? Um, are we ever been, gonna do another three films in? I we can. We could have done one we when we did McMax. Um, <laughs> We could. Well, well that's not but, quite what, three films. Yeah, no, never that mind. Good. That's no, not I don't want to watch more French films. That would have been good because what were the first three? I it don't remember, been, but I just really um- wanted to make them watch Amelie in a very long engagement. But those aren't yeah, his first three we movies. I think we would have gotten Amelie, not the very long engagement. Yeah. Uh, the only other director we have left. Com- well, we do have JJ if we wanted to tie it into Star Wars again. Eh, or we can, we can wait till next But he's year. not three films in, he's like 300 films in. Well, you don't have to have just done three. I'm, it's just the premise of that article slash podcast is you just look at their first three. It doesn't have to be their fourth movie. Coming oh, out. we should totally do or, a bunch or, of those then. Yeah. Or or we could, or we could <laughs> yeah, just change it to. We already have enough trouble. I shouldn't say we. It's just Zach has already enough to edit. <laughs> Especially we could just change it to a J.J. Abrams podcast. A hundred films in the works of J.J. He hasn't Abrams. done that many movies. He has done Mission Impossible 3, Star Trek, Star Trek 2, Super 8, Force Awakens, and Rise of Skywalker. He's done six movies. Yeah, he's like he did a lot of TV, so maybe that's why you think he's done so much. Granted, I couldn't talk. Like, six movies is still a lot of movies, or however many it was. Sam Mendes would actually be somewhat relevant, because 1999 was his uh, first movie, which was American Beauty. A movie that Ooh, has, another movie that I definitely don't want to revisit. <laughs> that has aged and that movie has gone from like it winning the Academy Award was like the worst thing that happened to it until Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but it's a movie I always thought was pretty good. I mean, even what? If it's it was perfect super casting. pretentious at times. <laughs> what did ever did John Ben, have you seen American Beauty? I've seen on bits and I have not. I haven't seen Never it. Seen did you just watch the Rose Petal scene? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, ironically not. I think I've seen the ending. What's that girl's name? Uh, Mira Servino. Mira Servino. Not Servino. Mira Servino, that's Mira someone else. Yeah, Mira Servino, someone else. Also, how dare you, Lauren, assume I've only watched the most sexually revealing scenes in movies. <laughs> I only did that with Black Swan. <laughs> Sam Mendes. I'm just curious what his other three films are. I should wrap this up, but I'm already too. Oh, then he did Road to Perdition, a great movie. 
and with Tom Hanks. Future Superman is in that movie as a child. And then he, Henry Cavill's in that movie? No, uh, Tyler Hecklin. He plays Superman oh, in the okay. TV shows. Oh, is, is he's the one who was in uh, the Everybody Wants Some? I recognize the eyes. He's got very eyes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, um, Jarhead was also an was interesting in movie Wolf, that he did. And he often did not have a shirt on. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, he was in the Everybody Wants Some, that baseball movie that Richard Linklater did after Boyhood. Um, and he was very good in that. I'm kind of bummed he's been locked into doing TV stuff, but happy he's working. Uh, so go watch Fight Club. And until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middlerow.com. Rate and review the podcast. It helps, apparently. I've been... Unless they're poor ratings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us positive ratings, please. Uh, I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at the Grigsby Bear. And you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul Day. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I am Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Go watch Fight Club. Wait, did I forget something? Wait, a simple man oh, or a single I, I didn't man? Say what were we watching? For <laughs> no, oh, that's we're watching this. a serious man. Because of you. <laughs> they are watching Fight Club. Yeah, they're watching Fight Club. Thanks for listening. That's the part I forgot. Go watch <laughs> Fight Club. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. Midnight and a rendezvous Your eyes held a message tender Saying I surrender all my love to you Midnight brought a sweet romance I know all my whole life